when you get to the point to where you're indulging in this on your free time and you're looking these things up on your free time and you're researching these things on your free time, that's when it really sticks, so to say. So we have to find ways to be able to get the next generation to really indulge in these things so they can be leaders, they can be entrepreneurs, they can be successful business people, they can be successful coaches, they can be successful players, they can be successful at whatever it is they do. And that's where it starts. CEOs, on average, read 60 books per year. Many attribute their professional success to this persistent quest for new wisdom and innovative excellence. MentorBox makes it easy for you to develop that same high-achieving habit of lifelong learning. As a person of action, you know that true ingenuity is the result of deep learning and knowledge. And just by listening to this podcast, you are working toward your goals every single day. If you're ready to wholly embrace this mindset, this 1% better every day, then check in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes. And if you want to dive deeper into the teachings of our guests, become a member at mentorbox.com today. There, we'll be uploading a course from Diamond Hall. Diamond is the mental skills development coordinator for the baseball team at Wright State University in Ohio. This is a Division I NCAA athletic program, and the team played its first round of the national top 64 tournament the day we spoke with Diamond. I caught him in the heat of one of the biggest moments of many of his young players' lives, and he'll explain exactly what it's like being a mentor in such high-pressure scenarios. We extrapolate his lessons on goal-setting and reframing adversity to family development and the cultivation of the next generation of great leaders. He's got a fascinating story from his own past to tell as well. I hope you enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mentor Box Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lay, content coordinator, and today in our studio with me is Diamond Hall. Diamond, you are the first ever mental skills coordinator at the NCAA Division I baseball level. Is that correct? Am, I, correct. am I getting this all That's right? Correct. That's correct. This is such a fascinating thing to me. We've been on a bit of a sports kick lately. We met with a former NFL coach last week. And I think this is, it's a really good time to, you know, bring in some, some athletes, some coaches, because it's summer, people are going to start getting back out, you know, doing their athletic things. And your current career path really fascinates me. Can you explain exactly what you're doing and what it means that you are the first to do what you're doing? So what I'm doing is I'm developing our baseball players, you know, mental toughness, their mental skills on a peak performance level. And, and what I want to be able to do is take all the concepts that I teach to them and then be able to take them and apply them to baseball and life. And some of the things that I talk about are, you know, being able to control what you can control, using adversity to your advantage, um, performing under pressure. That's probably the most important thing that we talk about um, because these guys are, you know, these are high level athletes and they they face all kind of pressures in life and baseball all the time, um, not only off the field, but on the field, too. So and, and being the first guy to do this in, in the NCAA and, you know, in baseball, it's um you know, it's a little bit of pressure on myself. Yeah, so, so I, so I got to kind of use, pressure. yeah, I got to kind of use some of the same concepts that I tell these guys, that I teach these guys every single day. But um, it's been a great experience so far. And these guys have really been open and receptive to all the information that we've put on the table. 
and so is the coaching staff too. We work really, really well together with with giving our guys the best information possible. So it's been a good experience so far. That's great. And right now, the reason you're actually with us in San Francisco is because you are tonight actually, and this is this was recorded a few days before it was uploaded on Friday. This is going to go out on a Monday. But tonight at the time of this recording, you are going to be playing Stanford, who is, I believe you said, the number two team in the country. Yep. But, you know, you're in their, you're going to be playing in their hometown under the lights at night. This is a huge situation. We actually talked about this um, earlier as well, just casually. But, you know, what what is it like to kind of get back to that, you know, Friday night lights type situation? Because that's literally what this is. It's, it's, it's very... Um it's very calming, to be honest with you, because it, it brings back a lot of memories, you know, from playing football. Um, and a lot of our guys are football guys as well. So they'll be able to, you know, kind of kind of take themselves back to when they were in that football environment and kind of utilize it to their advantage tonight against Stanford um, with this big environment, because this is a regional. So this is the, f- the first. No, this is the third time, I think, in uh, in four years that we've been to a regional which means that we're one of the top 64 teams in the country and we're in the NCAA tournament on the road to Omaha. So this is the time to, you know, really, really hone down on everything we've learned and everything we've put on the table and then utilize it to our advantage tonight. So let me ask you this. How do you feel about moments like this, you know, Friday night lights or just, you know, championship playoff games really at any level, but, you know, thinking about athletics and sports, how do you feel those help along the development of of the human being in general do you think they're essential because i do <laughs> absolutely so are you saying as far as as far as the things that that we've we've talked about this year what do you mean high high pressure moments oh, just high pressure in general moments. you know oh, yeah this 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 is something that these guys will be able to you know they'll be able to experience this tonight and hopefully we do well hopefully we get the job them hopefully we get the win but they'll be able to take this um this experience and use it to their advantage in their lives as well. Because, I mean, we all face pressure in life, no matter if it's your job, it's a job interview, it's, you know, um, getting your team together, you know, conducting a a huge meeting, whatever it is, you know, people experience anxiety and and some form of pressure at different times in their lives. So for these guys, it's, it's, it's kind of a two way street. They're going to be able to you know, to perform at a high level with this with this kind of pressure and then take everything we've learned about performing under pressure and utilize it to their advantage throughout the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. you have a really interesting backstory, too, that I want to ask about, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, you told me when we were in the elevator earlier that you were actually temporarily paralyzed at one point uh-huh. in your life playing. I think it was football. Can you recap that story very quickly? Yep. So um, in high school, I was a football player all my life. I played football. And there was a loose fumble. I remember the exact game. We were playing against McNick. I think it was like the third quarter. And I was lined up as a slot receiver. And I, I went for a streak. And our quarterback decided not to throw me the ball. And he threw the ball to our tight end who was behind me. So he catches the ball. I'm looking for somebody to block. I turn around and he fumbles. So I'm going like full speed and head on for that fumble. And once I get, you know, about five yards away, you know, I, I full out head on dive. And before that, you know, I see I see one of the one of the guys on the other team coming for the fumble, too. And I knew we were going to collide. But, you know, that's football. That's, that's a part of the game. So I dive head first and then boom. Uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm staring. I'm staring at the sky and I'm telling myself to get up. 
all my teammates are telling me to get up. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, saying, all right, Diamond, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. My body wasn't moving. So those were... Uh, those were were a tough few hours for me because I thought that was going to be the rest of my life. I knew what was going on as soon as it happened. Like, okay, I'm paralyzed. Like, that's what that's what happens. I've seen this on TV plenty of times before. Now I'm in this situation. It kind of seemed like a dream at that point in time. Like, no, no way this can be happening to me. You know, anything, anytime something happens to you, it's like, like no, this can't be happening to me right now. Like, I've seen everybody else go through this, this, and this, but this can't be happening to me. And that's kind of what I was experiencing. And, um, you know, it ended up being real. <laughs> so that's horrifying. Yeah, bro. it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy, but it was interesting because um throughout those moments that that I didn't have any feeling um from my neck down, it, it was kind of um a peaceful slash calm kind of experience because I came to peace. Um, you know, that that's that's what the rest of my life was gonna be like. It's crazy as it sounds, you know, I I wasn't in denial about it. I was like, okay, this is it. Like that was, that was it. Like everything I've done in my sports career, basketball, football, track, um, that was it. That was all I was going to get to experience. So it was really um, a very unique and crazy experience for myself and for everybody that was around me, all my loved ones, all my teammates. But um, luckily, you know, I started getting my feeling back a few hours later and it was it was the you know obviously the best thing I felt like ever happened you know getting my feeling back because you know just being able to move my hands being able to being able to get up and walk in and out of the room being able to use the whiteboard right like those are things we take advantage of um, I mean take for granted on a daily basis until you realize like this is something that can be taken away from you you know in the snap of a finger um, so especially you know I was I was 14 years old too so. You know, for a kid that age, like that's not something you want to have to experience. And at that time, so after that, after that day, we didn't know what had really happened. We knew I was temporarily paralyzed and that was about it. But um, a few days later, you know, we go to the doctor, go to the neurologist. And then, you know, they say I have congenital stenosis, which is which is narrowing of fluid in your spine. And when your spine compresses, you know, it allows, you know, things to touch you know, your, your nerves. So that's what had happened. And we got a second opinion after that. Same thing. So that was the next tough moment for me is, you know, having, having to hear the neurologist come in and say like, I mean, I got some good news for you and I got some bad news for you. It's like, all right, well, what's the good news? Good news is, you know, that you're healthy. You're going to be good. Um, you can still play yeah, baseball, you can still play this sport, but the bad news is you're not going to be able to play football anymore. And for me, like that was my life. Like that's, you know, all, all, all my teammates that I've played with, you know, even some guys that have had went on to the NFL are like, man, like these guys, these running backs, like they don't realize that if you were still playing, they might not have a job right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, when they tell me that, 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 that kind of opens, opens my eyes too, as to, you know, where I was in my career and how, um, you know, how high of a level I was playing at. And, you know, it just gets taken away from you like that. But you have to adjust. You know, life throws some things at you and you have to be able to make the adjustments and take the take the skills and abilities that you that you have and utilize them in in other ways and take different paths. And um, luckily I had a I had a great supportive um, I had a great support system behind me, my mom and uh, my grandmother. And, that you know, they they were behind me the whole time. So I ended up, you know, getting into baseball, and, you know, seeing if I can use my athletic abilities there 
And I did. At first, I, you know, first I was terrible. You know, baseball is baseball. <laughs> not is different. No, it's not, it's not different. It's a skill. Yeah. It's a skilled sport, man. And football and basketball was easy because, you know, it's just like a as pure athleticism, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, jump high, those sorts of things help a lot. Yeah. So after I started getting into baseball, you know, I started, you know, I started chopping away at that every single day. I mean, every single day, hours upon hours, hours upon hours. And that's kind of how I got into the mental side of the game with with baseball, because I realized like, OK, I'm a I'm one of the best athletes out here. How do I take my game to the next level? And when you listen to, you know, big leaguers and they talk about, you know, why they're so good, they always they always talk about like their minds. You know, the game is 90 percent mental, 10 percent physical. So, you know, hearing that over and over again, as I was, you know, indulging myself in this game, you know, I started to to do my research. I started to, you know, study that part of the game. And then that, that's what got me here at the end of the day, long story short. Yeah. So would you say that having that experience of that, that sort of revelatory moment that, oh my God, I might not be able to use my body anymore. And then, you know, coming back and understanding that you would be able to, but just having that happen to you and actually having your, your mind, your psychology about your life and what you'd be doing change. Do you think that influenced the way that you thought about sports like okay if if i'm forced to use my mind because i can't use my body what does that actually say about the mind and that kind of carries over to how you are as a coach and a mental skills coordinator now absolutely i think um you know experiencing that and you know actually being able to not feel, you know, my body was my mind telling it to, you know, hey, do this. And then it not responding. I mean, it gave me a completely different perspective on not just like sports, not just, you know, taking for granted what we can do every day with our bodies, but everything. It kind of, you know, it kind of took my maturity level and you know, how I look at it. it took my maturity level from like a five to a to an 11 out of 10. Like it was and it was pretty quick, too. So everything from there that I that I did go through everything that I um, that I experienced from there was kind of a I kind of took a, a an older 45 year old male perspective of it <laughs> so to say like the the old wise guy on the on the on the top of the hill I don't know that's just that's just you know what I feel like it did to me it just gave me a completely different perspective and I appreciate the smaller things a lot more than I did before and I don't know that um, I don't know that people really understand the value of life and the value of being able to use our bodies until, you know, something like that happens. Mm -hmm. How do you instill that in your players? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure it's entirely essential to what you do, you know, teaching your players that, Hey, it's a privilege to be able to swing a bat and run down the base path. I'm sure that that's not like a core coaching component, (laughs) but maybe it is, you know, just like the way you think about your corporeal self, your body and how you use it, maybe that is sort of a core value. I mean, but at the end of the day, how do you instill in them what you learned from that experience? Do you directly incorporate that into the lessons that you teach your players? I wouldn't say I directly incorporate it into the lessons, but um, I would say it definitely changes the way I interact with each guy. It definitely changes the way I understand each guy's, um, how each guy operates, how each guy, you know, thinks. And I, and I do... Um, really take in, you know, what they've been through throughout the course of their lifetimes and understand that everybody's different. And I have to I have to understand how they take in information and be able to give quality information to them in the way they receive it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's what and you're saying. One, one thing we do talk about a lot is, you know, having a growth mindset. 
and um, being able to use adversity to your advantage. And, you know, in that situation there, and I haven't really told these guys, you know, our guys this story, but the situation that happened with me, you know, I, I used at the end of the day, I used adversity to my advantage. You know, I took I took in what, what had happened and and I redirected um, the skills and abilities that I had. Uh, to go down a different path and be successful in that way. So, and the same thing happened at the end of my career when I got done playing baseball, you know, it was like, okay, now how do I take everything that I've learned within the game of baseball in addition with the experiences that I've been through and, you know, how do I, how do I give that to, to other people who are around me and, and how do I impact, um, how do I impact those who, who are looking for knowledge, who do, who are hungry to, to get better, who are hungry to learn and grow and whatever it is that they do. And, you know, um, I connected with Coach Mercer, uh, the head coach here, and, and we decided to, to come up with this position. And it's really been a, a unique um, a unique experience because, you know, it can sometimes be as broad with a guy as, okay, it's, you know, you got to keep yourself around the five, the five people who, who impact your life in the most positive way, the five, the five people who light your fire, right? It could be as broad as that, like, you know, within the team or outside of outside of baseball, so you or teach these less, that sort of lessons. Oh, absolutely, to and and I think the I think the the best part about how I do things, and you know how I look at everybody else and how they do things, as I try to I try to individualize everything. So it, when when I do teach, you know, a lesson, so to say, it may just be a simple conversation with a guy in the dugout, you know, during a game. Yeah. Like it may be that informal, but I'm still giving him quality information that he'll be able to take in and apply, you know, to baseball and life. And, you know, like I said, it can be as broad as the five people you keep yourself around or as narrow as, you know, what are you thinking when you step outside of the box to get yourself focused for this next pitch? Because one thing we talk about a lot is being able to compete one pitch at a time, kind of like, you know, take it one day at a time. You know, Mm -hmm. you have a goal, you have an end goal, and then you have to be able to. You have to be able to set up, you know, short-term goals in order to reach that long-term goal. But you have to take each goal one at a time, so you can check off the boxes in order. If that makes sense. Yeah, I like that mindset a lot, and it's probably because I've played all these sports that yeah, you've played yeah. too. But we do hear that a good amount from, um, you know, men- friends of Mentor Box and folks who uh, think about it in other realms, you know, business and entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. But I really like that sports, especially baseball and, and the sports you played, you know, football too, they actually have these sort of discrete markers where the game, you know, pauses and you have that next iteration of the next moment that you have to dedicate yourself to. In baseball, you know, I guess you're not always involved unless you're either playing defense or or batting, but that next pitch is and and that's like that's wild to think about it's like yeah. okay got another chance to like make the correct thing happen here and in football it's like every single play you know you work your way down the field a few yards then you come back and you reset to do the same or on defense the opposite and you really have those specific markers there do you ever give the same advice to players if they're, you know, maybe one is really struggling, do you ever give that same advice but suggest that they look at it through a different frame of those sorts of flag posts? You know, what can they dedicate themselves to that are short-term goals outside of the sport or with their people that they hang out with, with family, et cetera? Absolutely. And I think, um, so one way to, one way to kind of embody what it means to, to, to compete one pitch at a time, to go one day at a time, is I had, I had, um, we did something in the fall to where I had all the guys. Um, we created a arm wrestling contest, <laughs> and I love it. You know, 
two guys would sit in front of each other. They would arm wrestle. And then they would move on. They would move on, right? And at the end, you know, I asked each guy, okay, so when you were, when you were sitting in front of this guy, were you thinking about the last match that you had? Were you thinking about the, the match that you had after this next one? Or were you just focused on completely doing everything you could, giving all your focus, all your effort, all your energy into winning that match that was in front of you right then and there? And then, you know, 100% of them said, you know, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was focused on just winning that one right there. Well, that kind of embodies what you want to do on a daily basis. You want to yeah. take every day, one day at a time. You want to take every pitch and put all your focus, all your effort, all your energy into it and do everything you can to win that pitch. Because oftentimes it's easy to just go through the motions and it's easy to let each at bat carry over into the next one. And, you know, even in life, it's easy to think about, okay, what do I have to do? What, where, where do I want to be a year from now? Where do I, what was I doing last, you know, last year here? Like trying to figure things out like that instead of being in the present moment, instead of utilizing what we have today. So that's kind of, um, that's kind of how you put that into perspective when it comes to um, being able to compete one pitch at a time, being able to take it one day at a time. Hey, sorry to interrupt this conversation with Diamond Hall, but I want to encourage you to learn more about developing your own mental skills. Mentorbox.com has a full suite of video resources featuring psychologists, CEOs, and entrepreneurs who have dedicated their lives to achieving peak mental performance. If you want to access all that and much, much more, sign up at mentorbox.com today. All right, back to the show. I also want to ask about something we talked about earlier, which is just sort of the next generation mindset. So again, a lot of mentor box folks talk about leadership, about being a leader, how to you know train folks, how to recruit and how to do those things effectively in, in terms of, you know, revenue in business and in terms of, you know, product development, whatever it is. But I think a lot about that next generation that isn't directly involved with, you know, this professional level yet, whether it's athletically or in the business entrepreneurial world, you know, kids, essentially, you're, you're working with college students who aren't, you know, children by any means, but they aren't in the MLB. Um, they are academic specimens to an extent at this point. I'm sure not. I mean, maybe most of them will go play pro ball in some capacity. Maybe not. I mean, this is obviously a very good team that you're with. But it's, in a sense, the next generation of a lot of different things. They're going to be going and working in different spheres, doing different things. And you're also going to be, in the future, probably starting a, a system where you work with coaches and families to work with actual children, too. And I'm really curious what your perspective is on teaching that next generation to develop these mindsets, not just so that they're, you know, working or acting in the right way, but so that they embody these principles wholly as well and that they can subsequently pass those on. So one thing that you talk about is the growth, uh, positive growth environment and the growth and mindset. How do you instill this in that next generation? I think it starts, it starts with the parents. It really starts with the parents and them understanding these things to a T that way they can give those things to their, you know, to their kids. 
And the same thing with teachers. I mean, when you think about it, those are the, you know, you, you spend, you know, as a kid, you spend the most of your time at home and you spend the most of your time at, at school, probably at school more so than, than at home. But if you teach them, if you, if you teach them how to develop these skills and if you, if you really, you know, motivate them to want to learn more about them, I think that's a key too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, as parents, you know, I'm not a parent yet, but, you know, I've been, you know, I'm a kid. We've all, you know, we've all had a parent. So, there are times when they give us awesome information that we can apply to our lives and we're just not, our ears are, our ears are shut off. Yep. So we have to find creative ways in order to motivate them to learn about these things themselves because, you know, at the end of the day, self-education is the, you know, is the, is the best education yep. um, as opposed to somebody sitting up there, you know, teaching, teaching you about it. Um, now they're both, they're both very valuable, but when you get to the point to where you're indulging in this on your free time and you're looking these things up on your free time, and you're researching these things on your free time, that's when it becomes um, that's when it really sticks, so to say. So we have to find ways to be able to get the next generation to really indulge in these things so they yeah. can be so they can be leaders. They can be entrepreneurs. They can be successful business people. They can be um, successful coaches. They can be successful players. They can be successful at whatever it is they do. And that's where it starts. Yeah, that's what MentorBox is all about at the end of the day, too. Yeah. I'm glad you think that. To me, it's a really interesting concept of you know spreading these ideas because I just think about my own childhood and I guess, adolescent experience. And I worked my ass off in so many different ways. I was a, I was a very good student in high school and in college, I guess, but I'm really talking about high school here. I was a very good high school student. I was a three sport captain. I was uh, a band officer. I, I did it all, but that just, none of that mattered when I got to college and I kind of realized the scope of the universe. Like I, I met all these new people and I realized like, oh, there are like entrepreneurs who have their own companies and are like striving to achieve something already that were like my age, like 18, 19 years old. Like they've already started up something or like created a charity organization. And I was like, all I had done was dedicate myself to the things that were directly in front of me. And yeah, there were like education, sports. I was like learning some things there. But at the end of the day, I don't really value a, a lot of what that was. And I kind of just feel like it was needless dedication or, or just maybe putting my energy in the wrong direction when I could have done it somewhere else. So I feel like it's very hard to kind of self-educate appropriately or in the most, you know, effective, beneficial way, because as kids, we're just not really, and even as a, like as yeah. parents and adults, it's hard to like really say what's going to make somebody successful. So like, how do you find your passion is kind of, I guess what I'm, I'm getting at at the end of the day here is I thought sports were my passion for a while. And then I kind of realized like, maybe I like writing, maybe I like music, something like that. But how do you instill in kids that it's important to maybe not, you know, strive in all the directions that they see or are told are appropriate, but to find that one appropriate passion direction? Do you have any lessons to this end? Absolutely. I would say it's going to take a lot of brainstorming. Yeah, seriously. A lot of exposure to a lot of different things. That, I think that's what I lacked. Yes. A lot of us, a lot of us have because we're, I mean, when we go to school, we're only getting a certain amount. We're only getting certain things that are put in front of us by someone else. Yeah. We haven't been able to explore on our own. And it's kind of a, it's kind of tough to be able to do that. But 
that's what has to be done in order to be able to find what you're passionate about, in order to be able to find what you really want to do in life. And then at, at the same time, it has to be something that you can, you know, that you can get paid for and, you know, you know, pay the bills with yeah. and right, you know, <laughs> and, and hopefully go even further than that, you know, have a, have a huge mansion and take it, you know, even further. But like, I think that being able to expose yourself, you know, whether it be through YouTube, whether it be through Mentor Box, whether it be through, um, you know, different people who you're around, that's where it's going to come from. And that also goes, you know, kind of funnels back to the parents and, you know, being able to expose your, expose your kids to a lot of different things. And luckily, you know, my mother did that. She exposed me to, you know, damn near every sport, you know, arts and crafts, you know, things that were all the outlandish that I probably never would have done if, you know, if it was up to me. Some things I didn't want to do at that time, but I'm glad I did that she put me into those things because, you know, it kind of developed, um, a, a, a well-roundedness to where, you know, once I did get to the point to where, you know, it's time for me to choose, you know, I had different places to, you know, to pick from. So I think it kind of funnels back down to the parents and, um, you know, providing those resources in order to, you know, be able to expose the kids to different, to different experiences, to different things. Yeah. I think that exposure is, is really key because I thought I was doing that. I thought that, you know, in my tiny little high school that I was getting exposure from all the things that were available, but it was still within that framework of where I was and the school that I was in and the system that I was born into. And I, I do think it's hard for some people to kind of see outside that box, even if they're really, you know, hitting the edges of that box. You really have to think there's always more. Like you can always go to a different place. You can always meet a different person. You can always experience a new thing. And I think that's a great, a great takeaway from what you're teaching here. I mean, even with your baseball players, are you instilling these, these lessons, these ideas in, you know, your daily coaching beyond the baseball field? Are you giving them advice for this sort of thing, you know, in their regular person lives? Absolutely. And I think we do a great job of, um, of doing it as a staff. Our, our head coach a few, a few weeks ago, he gave a, um, he had the guys come in the locker room and he, and he kind of sat them down and talked to them about, you know, how to get out of depth after, you know, after you get out of college. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like we, we really implement these things on a daily basis, whether it's through something like that or through a normal conversation. And the, when these guys say like, this is going on in my life, this is going on in my life, you know, we give them the best information possible and give them the best advice, advice possible um, that they'll be able to apply, you know, once they, once they leave. That's really fascinating. So I want to make sure that people know how to find out more about what you're doing because, um, you know, win or lose the season is going to be uh, coming to a close pretty soon because you're in the tournament win. right now. Win. <laughs> win or win, you're going to be over <laughs> soon. Um, but you'll have some more time to, you know, spread these lessons around to some different folks and, and really, you know, apply that coaching directly with some people. Um, so if you want to tell people your, your social media handles and, and your website too, that'd be great. Okay, so the website is diamondperformance.com, and that's probably going to be um, changing here soon. What I want to do with that is create a, a, a video system, kind of like what you guys are doing, in order to um, give baseball players, baseball coaches, the best information possible on the mental side of the game and the newest information, innovation uh, possible. Um, and then my, my Twitter is Diamond Hall, D-I-A-M-Y-N-H-A-L-L. Same thing with Instagram and then same thing with Facebook. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much, Diamond, for coming in and talking to us today. Uh, hopefully we can have you back in the studio soon for a full workshop. And when you get that book published that you're writing, we can we can bring you in, too. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, Absolutely. thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
Everybody else, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at mentorbox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.